Paschatyadeshatarine Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shiva Sadikor Bhakta Vrinda Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadikar Bhakta Vrinda Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shiva Sadikor Bhakta Vrinda Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare 
Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Krishna, 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 Hare, Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. Krishna, 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 Hare, Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. Krishna, 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 Hare, Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. Krishna, 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 Hare, Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare.
Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada. Jaya Prabhupada, Jaya Prabhupada, Prabhupada, Shila Prabhupada. Jaya Guru Deva, Jaya Guru Deva, Guru Deva, Jaya Guru Deva. Jayam Vishnupad Paramhansa Paripraja Kacharya Asto Tarasatasi Simad Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Kijai Iskan Founder Acharya Srila Prabhupada Kijai Jayam Vishnupad Paramhansa Paripraja Kacharya Asto Tarasatasi Simad Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Goswami Prabhupada Kijai Ananta Koti Vaishtavrinda Kijai, Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Kijai, Prem Sekaho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivas Adigor Bhaktavrinda Kijai, Sri Sri Radha Krishna Gopa Gopinath, Shamakunda Radha Kunda Giri Govardhan Kijai, Vrindavan Dham Ki Jai, Navadvip Dham Ki Jai, Jamuna Mai Ki Jai, Ganga Mai Ki Jai, Tulsi Devi Ki Jai, Bhakti Devi Ki Jai, Samveta Bhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Nitai Gaur Premanande Vrindivo. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Garanga. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Hare Krishna. We welcome you to Shishiradha Kalachanji Dham on the auspicious occasion of the beginning of Kirtan 50 and also uh, the disappearance day of Srila Jiva Goswami, who Srila Prabhupada said was the greatest philosopher of all time. So we shall read a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 
33, Activities of Kapila, text 7. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Aho Bhatta Swa Pacho To Guardian Yaj Jivagre Varchate Nama Tubyam Tepus Tapas Te Juhuvu Sasnur Arya Brahmanuchur Nama Grinantiye Te Atobata swapacha togarian Yajiva grevartate namatubyam Te pustapaste juvusasnuriaya Ramanu Churnama Grinanti Ete Aho Bhattasva Pachato Kariyan Yajiva Grevartate Namatubyam Te pustapas te juhuvus nasnuriyarya. Ramanuchur nama grananti te. Aho bhattasvapacho togariyan. Yajiva Grevartate Namatubyam Te Pustapaste Juvusnasnurarya Te 
Ramanuchur namagrananti ete. Austerities. Te, they. Juhuvu, executed fire sacrifices. Sasnu, took bath in the sacred rivers. Arya, Aryans. Brahma Anuchu studied the Vedas. Nama, the holy name. Grananti, accept. Yea, they who, 
Translation. Oh, how glorious are they whose tongues are chanting your holy name. Even if born in the families of dog eaters, such persons are worshipable. Persons who chant the holy name of your lordship must have executed all kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices and achieved all the good manners of the Aryans. To be chanting the holy name of your lordship, they must have bathed at holy places of pilgrimage, studied the Vedas, and fulfilled everything required. Please repeat Oh, how glorious are they whose tongues are chanting your holy name. Even if born in the families of dog eaters, such persons are worshipable. Persons who chant the holy name of your lordship must have executed all kinds of austerities and fire sacrifices and achieved all the good manners of the Aryans. To be chanting the holy name of your lordship, they must have bathed at holy places of pilgrimage, studied the Vedas, and fulfilled everything required. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Srila Prabhupada. As it is stated in the previous verse, a person who has once offenselessly chanted the holy name of God becomes immediately eligible to perform Vedic sacrifices. One should not be astonished by this statement of Srimad Bhagavatam. One should not disbelieve or think how by chanting the holy name of the Lord can one become a holy man to be compared to the most elevated Brahman? To eradicate such doubts in the minds of unbelievers, this verse affirms that the stage of chanting the holy name of the Lord is not sudden but that the chanters have already performed all kinds of Vedic rituals and sacrifices. It is not very astounding, for no one in this life can chant the holy name of the Lord unless he has passed all lower stages such as performing the Vedic ritualistic sacrifices, studying the Vedas, and practicing the good behavior 
and practicing good behavior like that of the Aryans. This must first have been done. Just as a student in a law class is to be understood to have already graduated from general education, anyone who is engaged in the chanting of the holy name of the Lord Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Must have already passed all lower stages. It is said that those who simply chant the holy name with the tip of the tongue are glorious. One does not even have to chant the holy name and understand the whole procedure, namely the offensive stage, offenseless stage, and pure stage. If the holy name is sounded on the tip of the tongue, that is sufficient. Oh, it's a long purport, and uh, I will... I will speak at intervals. So, uh, the the verse, of course, is glorifying uh, chanters of the holy name and uh, establishing the fact that they must have already performed so many pious activities to come to the stage of of chanting the holy names. And Srila Prabhupada gives the example that if someone um, is, is in law school, it's understood that he must have already passed through general education. Uh, and the Chanting is so powerful that it acts even if one doesn't know the whole uh, science behind it. And Srila Prabhupada gives the example that even if one doesn't understand the three stages of chanting, the offensive stage uh, called Namaparad, the clearing stage called Nam Abbas, and the pure stage called Shuddhana. But that being said, uh, we have been given this knowledge, uh, you know, by Srila Prabhupada, um, the, the previous Acharyas and the scriptures, uh, through Srila Prabhupada. And so we should uh, know these different stages. Um, so, as you know, uh, there are ten offenses uh, against the, the holy name. And um, yeah, Srila Jiva Goswami has... Uh, cited them from the Padma Purana. And Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that 
Of the ten offenses, the one offense of inattention called pramadaha, which is sometimes translated as madness, uh, if, if one avoids that offense, in other words, if one chants attentively and hears the holy name, that will eradicate all the other offenses. And if one is inattentive while chanting, then the other offenses can flourish. So that we, of course, in our japa and in our kirtan, we should make every effort to hear the holy name. And when our mind wanders, which it probably will at some stage, we should bring it back uh, to the sound of the mantra. Uh, as Burijan Prabhu says, um, it is a battle, but that battle must be fought. If we just allow the mind to wander here and there without any effort to, to control it, to, to engage it in the sound of the holy names, then uh, we're committing an offense and we're missing out on the great uh, benefit, on the nectar uh, that we can derive from uh, offenseless chanting of the holy name. So the second stage, uh, um, Nama Bas, is the clearing stage. And um, it's sort of implied in what I said, the the definition of the clearing stage is to make the consistent effort to bring the mind to the sound of the holy name. That defines the clearing stage. And uh, we should act on that platform, at least. And then, should anam the pure stage, uh, at, at, at that point, one realizes, actually, that the holy name of Krishna is Krishna. And Krishna reveals himself to the, the pure chanter. So, here, there was a cartoon uh, that Srila Prabhupada saw that he quoted sometimes. Uh, uh, An an old man and his wife were sitting together, and the wife was saying, chant, chant, chant. And the husband was saying, can't, can't, can't. So Srila Prabhupada cited that cartoon um, as an example of people's causeless aversion to chanting the holy name. But everyone here will chant. So I would modify that instruction 
Of course, chant, 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 but also hear, hear, hear. It is said herein that nama, a singular number, one name, Krishna or Rama, is sufficient. It is not that one has to chant all the holy names of the Lord. The holy names of the Lord are innumerable, and one does not have to chant all the names to prove that he has already undergone all the processes of Vedic ritualistic ceremonies. If one chants only once, it is to be understood that he has already passed all the examinations, not to speak of those who are chanting always, 24 hours a day. So in the Upadashamrita, the Nectar of Instruction, uh, Srila Rupa Goswami um, describes different levels of devotees and how we should approach them. And if someone chants the holy name only once, as stated uh, in the Nectar of Instruction, he is considered to be the best of all people. And he should be offered respect. So this is also uh, important. Uh, I mean, as as we become more pure, it it becomes more natural that we should respect the other chanters, uh, the uh, other devotees. Uh, And disrespecting them or criticizing them, sadhu ninda, is uh, sometimes Srila Prabhupada says the worst offense against the holy name. So we definitely want to avoid that. Um, again, uh, Burijan Prabhu, he, um, he conducted a seminar on the holy name. And he gave the, it, it went over some days, and he gave the students some homework. And the homework consisted of two items. Uh, to chant with attention, and to, to monitor their chanting, and to uh, avoid criticizing Vaishnavas. So the next morning, he asked the students for a report on their homework assignments. And one lady said that she was, she had uh, resolved not to criticize Vaishnavas. But somehow the, the company she was in indulged in criticizing and she heard it and uh, participated. Aburi John Prabhu replied, 
Well, you have two choices. Oh, yeah, she said it was in the environment, the criticism. So Buri John Prabhu said you have two choices. One is change the environment. And he said if you want to change the environment, good luck. Because the environment doesn't want to change. The environment wants to criticize. Of course, in a way, by these discussions, we are trying to change at least some of the environment. But... Or you dissociate yourself from that environment. And that that is necessary, that we don't um, um, fall into that situation where we are hearing uh, blasphemy of devotees. Uh, because hearing uh, an offense is also an offense. But anyway, I'm sure this is not very necessary to say to this audience, but still, just to be complete in the discussion. Hmm. If one chance once only, it is to be understood that he has already passed all the examinations. Not to speak of those who are chanting always, 24 hours a day. So that should be our goal. Kirtaniya Sadahari, to always be chanting. Uh, in one, in one way or another. Uh, uh, in other words, uh, always engaged in Krishna consciousness. It is specifically said here, tubyam, unto you only. One must chant God's name, not as the Mayavadi philosophers say, any name, such as a demigod's name, or the names of God's energies, shaktis. Only the holy name of the Supreme Lord will be effective. Anyone who compares the holy name of the Supreme Lord to the names of the demigods is called Pashandi, or an offender. So there's one of the offenses to consider uh, the holy name of Lord Vishnu to be equal to or independent of the holy name of the demigods. Uh, this um, um, is something that, as devotees, we know we know the difference between the supreme Lord and the demigods. Um, but when we chant in venues like yoga studios, sometimes the participants don't know, and. Um, of course, there might be a little concern that if we speak the truth, uh, people might think that we're sectarian. But the thing is that if they don't know the difference, they, they will be committing offenses while chanting. So uh, 
in our own way, we do need to speak the, the truth uh, to save them from offenses. There was a uh, a weekly magazine in India called the Illustrated Weekly, very popular, like Life magazine used to be in the old days in America. And the editor was uh, Kushwant Singh, who was a demon. And uh, he... So he published an article in which an Austrian sannyasi, like a Mayavadi, named Agehananda Bharati, described his debate with our Pridayananda Das Goswami. And Kushwant Singh titled the article Hare Krishna versus Shiva Shiva to really make us all look foolish, like children arguing, you know, who's supreme. So I wrote that um, analysis to Srila Prabhupada and he he said, yes, you're right. Bharati's a fool, but Singh is a demon. So, um, so yeah, people who think like that uh, are Ashanti offenders or, in a way, atheists. Yeah. Now, here is a very important point. Our motto Prabhu makes this point many times, so please note carefully. The holy name has to be chanted to please the Supreme Lord. The holy name has to be chanted to please the Supreme Lord, and not for any sense gratification or professional purpose. If this pure mentality is there, even though a person is born of a low family, such as the dog eaters, he is so glorious that not only has he purified himself, but he is quite competent to deliver others. So we have a great responsibility as chanters of the holy name. He is competent to speak on the importance of the transcendental name, just as Thakur Haridas did. He was apparently born in a family of Mohammedans, but because he was chanting the holy name of the Supreme Lord offenselessly, Lord Chaitanya empowered him to become the authority or acharya of spreading the name. It did not matter that he was born in a family which was not following the Vedic rules and regulations. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Advaita Prabhu accepted him as an authority because he was offenselessly chanting the name of the Lord. 
Authorities like Advaita Prabhu and Lord Chaitanya immediately accepted that he had already performed all kinds of austerities, studied the Vedas, and performed all sacrifices. That is automatically understood. So, Namacharya Shilahari Das Thakur Ki Jai. Haridas Thakur is very important for us uh, as the Namacharya, not only because of his example of chanting as such, but because he's an example of someone born in a low family who became uh, uh, completely pure in chanting. And almost all of us were born, I mean, in Kali Yuga, practically every family is a low family. But So this is very encouraging that even born in a low family of Mohammedans or dog eaters, one can be purified just by chanting the holy name. There is a hereditary class of Brahmins called the Smarta Brahmins, however, who are of the opinion that even if such persons are chanting the holy name of the Lord, are, are accepted as purified, they still have to perform the Vedic rites or await the next birth in a family of Brahmins so they can perform the Vedic rituals. I, I actually met someone like that. When I was in Madras, he, you know, he knew the philosophy in a way. And he said, um, you are a Vaishnav, and Vaishnavs are higher than Brahmins. But you're not a Brahmin. To become a Brahmin, you, you, you have to wait till the next life. They, they think that. But Srila Prabhupada says, but actually, that is not the case. Such a man does not need to wait for the next birth to become purified. He is at once purified. It is understood that he has already performed all sorts of rites. It is the so-called Brahmins who actually have to undergo different kinds of austerities before reaching that point of purification. There are many other Vedic performances which are not described here. All such Vedic rituals have already been performed by the chanters of the holy name. Whatever it is, the ones mentioned here, bathing, visiting holy places, performing sacrifice, and the ones not mentioned. The word juhuvu means that the chanters of the holy name have already performed all kinds of sacrifices. Sasnu means that they have already traveled to all the holy places of pilgrimage and taken part in purificatory activities at those places. They are called Arya because they have already finished all these requirements. And therefore, they must be among the Aryans, or those who have qualified themselves to become Aryans. 
Aryan refers to those who are civilized, whose manners are regulated according to the Vedic rituals. Any devotee who is chanting the holy name of the Lord is the best kind of Aryan. Now one point about a chanter or a devotee is uh, coming back to the point of uh, criticism or blasphemy or sadhu ninda. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur discusses different grounds on which one might think one is justified in criticizing a devotee and he explains that none of those grounds uh, justifies uh, criticizing a devotee. So one ground is uh, sinful activities performed in a devotee's past life, earlier life. So if you criticize a devotee for his sinful activities performed prior to coming into the association of devotees and taking up chanting, that is an offense, sadhu ninda. Another offense is to criticize a devotee for lingering traces of sinful activity. So it may happen that one comes to the association of devotees and takes up chanting and is determined not to engage in sinful activities. But due to force of past habit or bad association, one may temporarily fall down. And to criticize a devotee for such a you know, for um, lingering traces of sinful activities is considered uh, an offense, sadhu It is not grounds to criticize a devotee. And in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, apichat sudarachara bhajate ananya bhag sadur eva samantavya that even if one is engaged, engages in the most abominable activity, he's still considered a sadhu if he's rightly situated in, in devotional service. And, the, and in this context, rightly situated means uh, accepting Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and, and serving him. So we should avoid this um, sadhu ninda at, at any cost. Now, sometimes a devotee is in a position where he or she has to correct someone. And in the process, he might have to point out the person's fault. Uh, or one may want to warn an innocent devotee of the pitfalls of a certain type of um, 
misbehavior and and to warn the devotee, give the example of a devotee who, you know, uh, suffered because of that misbehavior. So if the um, if the purpose is only to instruct and there's no malice or envy or, you know, enmity or vindictiveness, then under those circumstances, one one may point out a misbehavior in a devotee. Uh, but only, you know, in, in, in that mood and only as far as required and not more. But as a rule, unless it's, it's really our duty um, as teachers or uh, guides to instruct someone in, in those matters, we should just avoid it. Avoid criticizing devotees. Any devotee who is chanting the holy name of the Lord is the best kind of Aryan. Unless one studies the Vedas, one cannot become an Aryan. But it is automatically understood that the chanters have already studied all the Vedic literature. The specific word used here is anuchu, which means that because they have already completed all those recommended acts, they have become qualified to be spiritual masters. Uh, yeah, Srila Prabhupada has also written that any Vaishnav is a guru. The actual Vaishnav. So, um, yeah. The very word Grananti, which is used in this verse, means to be already established in the perfectional stage of ritualistic performances. If one is seated on the bench of a high court and is giving judgment on cases, it means that he has already passed all the legal exams and is better than those who are engaged in the study of law or those expecting to study law in the future. In a similar way, persons who are chanting the holy name are transcendental to those who are factually performing the Vedic rituals and those who expect to be qualified, or in other words, those who are born in families of Brahmins but who have not yet undergone the reformatory processes and who therefore expect to study the Vedic rituals and perform the sacrifices in the future. So, yes, a Brahmin... Uh, as Krishna says, guna, guna and karma. One's position is determined by guna, quality, and karma, activity, not janma or birth. And a, um, yeah, so a, a Vaishnav who is chanting the holy names is a Brahman and more than a Brahman. And uh, our 
grandfather, spiritual master, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, uh, began the practice of awarding the sacred thread to devotees not born in Brahmin families, just to establish the fact and remove any doubts in the minds of others that being Vaishnavas, they're not Brahmins. You know, they're less than Brahmins, or as that person in Madras told me, more than Brahmins, but not Brahmins. Um, and, and so following Srila Bhakti Siddhanta says, Srila Prabhupada, um, we, we do that. We, we wore the sacred spread to devotees who have been uh, first initiated into the chanting of the holy names and have been steady, you know, for at least six months or, or a year. Um, and then they, they can be awarded the uh, ruminical initiation. Um, two days ago was the 50th anniversary of my second initiation by Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> and um, so I looked up, you know, the, the talk he gave on that occasion. There were first initiations and second. And, um, but it it's the similar idea. It's recognizing the devotee's purification from the chanting of the holy names that he's, he's given the uh, second initiation. There are many Vedic statements in different places saying that anyone who chants the holy name of the Lord becomes immediately freed from conditional life and that anyone who hears the holy name of the Lord, even though born in a family of dog eaters, becomes liberated from the clutches of material entanglement. So this is another a point or argument, which is that one is born in a particular family because of his past pious or sinful activities. So we can say that because of one's sinful activities, one is born in a low family. Um, and because of one's pious activities, one is born in a higher family, say a family of Brahmins. But the chanting of the holy name frees one from sinful reactions. And therefore, the sinful reactions that caused one's lower birth no longer operate on a devotee who uh, chants the holy name. And so, yeah, it's, it's... it's offensive to see devotees in terms of their birth, criticize devotees, even in the mind, uh, because of their births, uh, because the, the chanting has freed them from the sinful reactions that oblige them to take that lower birth. So the conclusion is 
that all chanters of the holy name are worshipable, and so we should worship them and the holy name simultaneously. Hare Krishna. So are there any questions or comments? Yes, Dharma Prabhu. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. When I look at myself, I see how uh, hard, uh, how difficult are the narcissists trying to overcome. And it seems like other devotees, other people are born more inclined not to criticize. Should I expect that unless I can overcome this critical tendency? Or can I expect Virtuosani to help me or give me a path? Um, well, apart from your being held back by, from going back to Godhead by criticizing, how do you feel? How does your heart feel when you criticize? If it feels good, you're in trouble. But <laughs> but if it doesn't feel good, which is probably the case, then it's 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 just a matter of practice. As Srila Prabhupada said, practice makes perfect even in spiritual life. Once, um, once I was present when someone asked His Holiness Radhanath Swami ab- about his being so humble. And he said in the beginning he had to practice acting like someone who's humble. And then by that practice, the, the feeling came. So a lot of Krishna consciousness is like that. Even our god-brother Gargamuni Prabhu, and very early in his coming to Srila Prabhupada, he said uh, to Srila Prabhupada, I see these devotees, they, you know, offer obeisances to you. And, but it's, it's, it hasn't come in my heart that I should offer obeisances. The feeling's not there, and Srila Prabhupada, but still you should offer obeisances, and that feeling will come. Any other questions or comments? Yes? Nandini? So, um, one, one just very side comment before my question. When I was on the altar the other day, Mahari Prabhu, um, I was looking at his verse book, and he had this verse, and he said, yes, uh, uh, this is a verse I'm memorizing, this exact verse for class. So, very nice. And um, my question is, you mentioned about um, sometimes when chanting at yoga studios or whatever, they have a, um, they see us as sectarian. 
And I wondered if you would comment on that. Um, are we sectarian? Did Prabhupada see us as a sectarian process? No, of course we're not sectarian. Uh, what I said or meant to say was that when devotees go into a yoga studio, not wanting to be seen as sectarian, they might chant some mantras, I don't know, to Ganesh or Shiva. And, um, you know, I'm not in the field directly, so I can't really say with great authority, but it strikes me as dangerous because of the the, the um, participants Perception. coming away with the impression uh-huh. that they're all on the same level. Okay, Krishna, yeah. Shiva, Durga, yeah. Ganesh, and so on. But we have many varieties of names of Krishna. That, uh, you know, we can chant Govinda Jaya Jaya, Gopala Jaya Jaya, which Prabhupada chanted, or, uh, you know, Sita Ram, Sita Ram, Jai Ram, Shri Ram. So, um, I, I just, I feel we have enough variety within our repertoire that we, that, that we can, um, that we don't have to chant names of demigods. Any other questions or comments? Yes? Thank you, Maharaj, for the wonderful class, Dandavat Pranams. My question is, uh, sometimes we see that uh, people are born in the families of devotees, but uh, they are not interested in chanting the holy names. So how we can understand this? What are the choices? <laughs> um, well, as uh, as His Holiness Ritatvaja Swami says, that uh, our children are are born into the Hare Krishna movement, but they haven't decided to join the Hare Krishna movement. And so we should deal with them as we would with anyone who we want to encourage to join. And that is, um, and especially with family members, I always emphasize being happy. If you're happy, that's a great recommendation for Krishna consciousness. And being, being nice to your family members. That's also a, a good recommendation. So if they see you're happy and you're nice to them, then they'll be inclined. Um, you know, I don't know how old uh, the, the, the children are, but there are programs like the bus tour. Have you heard about the bus tour? I've, I've heard that's had a very transformative effect. 
and many uh, young devotees who have joined it. And <clears throat> as a result, they've, you know, taken up the practice of chanting, which they didn't have before the bus tour. Uh, yeah, so I, I think, yeah, it's sort of... Um, Sometimes it's hard for family members to take instruction from other family members because of uh, the dynamics within the family. But if, um, yeah, if 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 those children can um, be in a situation, especially with other uh, children of their age, where there's a you know chanting and service and know, happy mood, and, um, they can come around. Yeah, it's kind of as a lot of such programs, which, which could, could be helpful. Thank you, Maharaj. Yes, Nityananda Prabhu. Example that is the issue, not so much the other person that is the issue. It's I am not really interested in chanting Hare Krishna. I am not so much really into the chanting process like the verse says and how Sri Prabhupada describes in the purport. And then it's hard for me to convince somebody else. And actually there's no need for conviction really, convincing somebody else. If I am really good in my chanting, automatically somebody associating will feel the, the feeling, it's contagious. It's really contagious. So I think really we need to look at ourselves and say as parents, how good are we? Uh, how engaged are we in the chanting process? How attentive, like you were saying, all the things that you just said. I think we have to ask ourselves that question. I think before we ask my children this or my children that, you know. I, I feel it's very strong for us to really take uh, note of our own uh, progress in chanting. And then, actually, I think the children will come around at their right time. It's not always the case that someone's going to do something at a certain age. There's no particular age at which one starts chanting. It's going to happen when the Lord allows, because chanting doesn't happen without the Lord actually permitting the chanting anyway. So leave it to the Lord. Like he says in Bhagavad Gita, do your duty, leave the result to me. Well, my duty is that I should be Krishna conscious, and then Krishna will allow the children to become Krishna conscious when he feels it's the right time for them so that they'll love him with all of their heart and soul. Thank you. Yes, but Hari Das Prabhu. So, at least for myself, I don't recall performing Vedic sacrifices or studying the Vedas growing up in Los Angeles. So, I guess it's presume that in a last life we did those things, or is it just that whether or not those things are done, the chanting surpasses and takes care of those things? Yeah, it's generally understood you would have done those in your past life. There's one thing about the children. We had... Some uh, families visit us at my ashram in Carpinteria, in which the children became devotees. They were like young adults, 
And we asked, well, both the parents and the children, you know, what they did. And one of the uh, parents was Shesha Prabhu and uh, Madhumati Mataji. And they said they did everything themselves, but they didn't tell their children to do anything. (laughs) And when we asked the children, they, they said basically the same thing from the other side, that they were very inspired by their parents' example, but they appreciated that their parents didn't um, force anything on them. Okay, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaurabhakta Vrinda Ki Jai, Kirtan 50 Ki Jai.